Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Thank you so much. It is game day. Not just because of football season. And I didn't mention football once in the first service, so, and I won't hear either. Oh, I'm so tempted by just saying that, though. Hey, good morning, everybody. Seriously, we've been in a wonderful time of prayer It's been refreshing to this point, and uh, gang, we're on the last week now. Some of you might be looking at me going, what? And uh, what are you talking about? And uh, these books, we've been going every week. We take the first 37 days of every year, dedicate that to the Lord, and we, we usually are building it around some kind of a theme. This year, the theme is, it's time. It's time for God to move. That song we just sang. And we've built it around 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, God speaking, this is the deal on a table, God telling you, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive your sin, and heal your land. We've built every week around one of those thoughts, and we have now come to the heal your land part. And we're building it just using this word. It's time for revival. It is time for revival. Each of, the, each of the, the devotionals this week will just be around how to have encounter, how to encounter God. So but let me, every time I say the word revival, I always bump the brakes a little because I need to qualify it. Just hear me. We cannot schedule a revival. We're calling Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday revival nights. But technically, you don't plan a revival. You can't schedule one any more than you can schedule or plan an earthquake. We, we can't, we're not in charge. Uh, God, a revival is when God takes initiative to impose his holiness in a way that you can't help but either repent or, or, or just leave. Uh, if you've ever been in the presence of God where his holiness was such that you did not want to, to stand up, you, you, even if you're the holiest person in here, you found something to repent of just because to get close to his holiness is to become aware of just how needy of the grace of God we are. I wish I could say, hey, I've talked to the Lord, and he said, yeah, I think I can make it on, you know, on Wednesday night, Thursday night, I'm busy Friday. Anything, I would have taken it. But here's, here's what we do, and this is, this is the bigger deal. We don't seek revival. We seek the person whose presence revives. That we do. And gang, you don't have to start for some regional something to happen. You can start personal revival right now, and I believe some of you have. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit is in this room moving, swirling about this atmosphere, looking for somebody. Uh, you know, if you wonder where the devil got his scheme from, looking for somebody he could devour, he's a counterfeit. He was watching the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is walking this room, swirling around this room, looking for somebody that he might revive. And that's what's happening in the room, and that's what's been happening in the room. On Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, hear me now, at 6 o'clock, I'm going to ask anybody that wants to come and pray, come and pray. 
Uh, don't come through those doors, though, unless you're ready to pray. This ground will be holy ground. And uh, our insurance doesn't cover some of the things that could happen to you if you come in here. Uh, what happens between you and him, he's, yeah, that's between y'all. So uh, if, if you want to come and chit-chat, certainly you can do that out there. We want you fellowshipping. But, but from 6 to 7, we, this is holy ground, and we're going to step it off and march it off and claim just this little piece of territory as holy unto the Lord. And when you step on it at 7 o'clock, just be ready to encounter his presence. So we're going to do, the, the instruction I have from the Lord is you build an atmosphere for me. And, and he didn't say don't worry about the people, but it, the, the point being, we're not trying to entertain folk on this. Our, we're not uh, sensitive to the human desire for what you would like. We're sensitive to the appetite of God and what he would like of us. And we're going to come as the most privileged host of the presence of God. <clears throat> and I hope that this time has created some hunger and some thirst in you to say, Man, I'm tired of just going through the motions. I want God to do something deep in my life, and I'm in need of it. And uh, I was telling my wife today, as we get into today's, to today's message, um, you can turn in your Bible to Ezekiel 37. We've been so uh, a bit preoccupied, as Stacy was mentioning, with uh, my sweet mother. Uh, again, 90 pounds of sweet. Actually, she's about 87 pounds of sweet. She got about three pounds in there that it could go either way. And... Uh, <laughs> She, was in, she got uh, in the hospital. And let me say something. Uh, we were in the emergency room there on Wednesday. And uh, she got dehydrated. And, uh, and one thing led to another. She had four or five things wrong by the time we, we got there. But she's, she's better. I'm gonna, as soon as I get done and say amen here, I go and pick her up. And uh, she's been in all kinds of trouble in that hospital because she wants to go home so bad. She called me at 4 o'clock this morning. I want to go home. Like, Mom, it's 4 in the morning. I, I can't get you right now. But... Uh, anyway, gang, we went in that, that emergency room, and I've had it explained to me, the, the challenges that our nurses and our doctors are having. And uh, boy, there's a sermon in here too, but I can't preach it today. But man, I saw some of the most courageous people in that emergency room. I mean, stretched thin, nurses running everywhere, and one after the other, uh, the, the, the uh, ambulance folk bringing one gurney after another, just... I mean, they just didn't quit. Bodies and brokenness and all kinds of stuff coming in. Mean patients. I mean, just hurting patients, so they're a little, really cranky. Man, I heard stuff. I thought, Lord, feels like I'm back on the prison. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just angry people and these precious nurses and doctors just stretched to the hilt doing a most fabulous, awesome job serving. I literally went to an ATM machine and tried to pay them. I mean, I felt they wouldn't take it. This precious nurse doing things. The smells in that place have changed my life, literally. I, literally, I think something, I, I just thought, gosh, this is like a third world country, and we're in the Woodlands, Texas, and these precious people are working so hard. Can we honor the doctors and the nurses and those that are... Appreciate all of you. I know some of you. Dr. Pam, I'm sure watching us, but uh, gang, boy, there's, there, it's one thing to hear about it and go, yeah, I, I understand that. It's another thing to experience it. Now, there's a sermon in that right there. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to get in and feel it and smell it and get right in the middle of it. And so I want you to know, we, I, I talked about this. We've been explaining for 20 years. We can explain just about anything. Our explanations have done what they're going to do. 
We need something besides explanations. We need the power of the living God. It's real. This is not some made-up, wishy, hopey, feely thing. This is real. It's actual. It's literal. Might not be able to see it, but it absolutely affects a human person. The power of God can do what our explanations can. We need to explain, but we need to experience. I'm praying, and I want you to join me, uh, against a fear of experience. A fear of experience is what's come up in my prayer time. We're not afraid to experience God. And I know some of you right now are going, I am not coming on Wednesday because that, they're going to be all, you know what, we're going we're gonna to let the presence of God do what it does, but don't you dare miss it. You could miss out on the, the event that could change your life radically forever. And if you do miss it, you'll go, gosh, I can't believe, what were we doing that was so important that we missed the one time of year we spend three intense nights in a row. We've never done this in the history of the church. It's three nights. I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm trying to say, let your appetites be wet. You need this. I need it. I need it. So uh, Tuesday morning, we'll pray at 6 a.m. We won't pray Tuesday morning, Wednesday, or Thursday for my early morning prayer, folks, just so you know. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Okay, let's get into this revival. What in the world? Uh, Ezekiel 37 uh, let me just read this, and I'll, I'll let you know what the Lord spoke. We, again, we were so busy. I just came up here this morning, and the Lord began to just lay this out for me. He says this, Ezekiel speaking, God grabbed me, Ezekiel 37.1. God grabbed me. God's Spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn, strewn with bones. He led me around among them, lots of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones, bleached by the sun. And he said to me, Son of man... Can these bones live? And the holy presence of God is in this room right now, and he's posing a question. God never asks a question because he needs an answer. He's posing a question to raise it in you to say, can these bones live? I believe the Lord has brought you here today to deal with dry places, dry places, I, I found when I read that, I teared up, and I've just been kind of in a zone today because I so sense the Holy Spirit going. Has anybody ever realized when, when it just senses, it, it seems like you've had a layer that the Holy Spirit hasn't gotten through, and then all of a sudden you feel it just, I don't, it's hard to explain, it kind of push past your layer. I believe the work of the Holy Spirit is pushing past some layers, and there's some places of dryness in Pastor Randy that I need touched. And I feel him pushing past that layer. So I want to ask you and talk to some folks that I know that, that have some dry places. You might be here and you're totally, you're like, I am dry spiritually. Again, look, listen to me. I know how to do church. You know how to do church. And, uh, and you, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, that's the reason for that dryness. And we'll look at other reasons for dryness. But some of us are KGO veterans, and we know all the scriptures, all the songs, know when to, we know how to, to do this, and we still find ourselves dry. And you're not here to be shamed today. You've been invited to say, you know, you know, one of the reasons I didn't put down for why we're dry, one of the reasons that we become dry is the same God that quenches our thirst also creates the thirst. Yes. The dryness can be actually God ignited so that we will say, uh, you know, Isaiah 55, ho, everyone who thirsts. I mean, if you're thirsty, come to me, buy from me. In fact, don't bring any money. I'll just give it to you is what Isaiah 55 says. I'll just give it to you. Everybody gets to come and drink 
from these spiritual waters. Jesus said, once you drink from these waters, you'll never thirst again. They'll bubble up in you like a spring. Get thirsty, gang. Get thirsty. Let me keep going. Dry bones, dryness. Can these bones live? I said, Master God, only you know that. He said to me, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Prophesy Prophesy over these bones. Say dry bones, listen to the message of God. Jumping to verse 7. So I prophesied just as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, a rustling. The bones moved and came together bone to bone. I kept watching sinews formed, then muscle on the bones, then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath, no spirit. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, tell the breath. God the master says, come from the four winds. Come, breath, breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. So I prophesied just as I was commanded. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones, this is what they're saying. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There's nothing left. Therefore prophesy. Tell them, God, the master says, I'll dig up your graves and bring you out alive, O my people. Then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel. When I dig up graves and bring you out as my people, you'll realize I am God. I'll breathe my life, or actually I'll put my spirit into you and you'll live. Then I'll lead you straight back to your land and you'll realize I am God. I've said it, I'll do it, God's decree. Powerful, powerful thing. And by the way, the power that was released when Ezekiel prophesied in agreement with God, the power that was released, you're seeing it right now, 2022, you can go get on an airplane and go watch that power and what it's doing right now. This is the house of Israel. You tell them, I'm gonna take them straight back to their land. We'll get to that. Let's talk about dry places. Dry places. What is spiritual dryness? In verse 11, we get our first clue. They said this, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone. Hopelessness. There's a place in our hearts and in our lives where we can become hopeless. Scripture says this, Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things we're hoping for, the evidence of things we cannot see. If you don't have a hope, then your faith dries up. Hope is this, man, I really hope this is gonna happen. Faith says, and I believe, God, you're able, so I'm standing with actual expectation for what I'm hoping for. But when hope dries up, faith dries up, and all of a sudden, and and gang, here's what happens, and those of you that have walked with God, you'll be able to relate to this. God, I was hoping you would heal my marriage, and you didn't. I was hoping you were gonna heal my physical body. I've been praying for this for a long time, and I had faith. But then over time, you didn't. I hoped that you were gonna fix our finances. I hoped, I hoped, I had faith. I stood, and I got tired and I laid it down, and what happens, and again, don't feel shamed. If you walk with God long enough, you're going to have this situation. It's gonna happen. You're gonna pray for something that just makes all the sense in the world. If you were God, you would do it, and I've had those and you've had those, and yet it doesn't come to pass, and you're left with a, with a tension. 
Do I keep believing? Do I get offended with him? And some of you, some of us are. I've been offended with God. Has anybody ever been offended with God? Doggone it, God, I stood on your word. I did this and I've been, been there. If you're gonna deal and grapple honestly with this living, invisible God, you're gonna, you're gonna go here. And, and here's, here's what you need to know. Dryness can come just because you just, you know, you just kind of go, that stuff doesn't work. I mean, I'll get to heaven, but he's not really operating down here. He didn't do it for me. I wanna speak to that dry place right there. God brought you here to say, oh, I hadn't forgot you. Yeah, we're, we're not done. Don't give up on me. But you get dry, though, and, and all of us have to deal with that. You get that passive offense toward God. Number two, it's a feeling, it's feeling distant from God. Just feeling distant. David said this, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemies have the upper hand? David was feeling just distant from God like I've overlooked you. Some, some of us here, and gang, I can, this is way too much confession to you. You guys basically are my, my counselor. It saves me a hundred and a half an hour. I just come and tell y'all. But in a given week, I can be so just high and so sense the power and the presence of God. And within the next day, I call it a faith flush. I mean, something can happen. Some, some information can show up. Some event can happen. And all of a sudden, it's like, Lord, it, you were just like, we were just talking like friends yesterday. And now, where are you? What in the world? And we're, we are so human and so frail. And again, I say that and I confess it to you so that you know, oh, I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. You're human. Trying to deal with this invisible God. There are people that walk around going, yeah, I was talking to the Lord today, and he said this, and he said that, and I said this, and he said that, and I said that. And they talk as if they're seeing with this, these eyes and hearing with these ears, and it can make you feel all unspiritual. So you don't want to you don't want to look unspiritual, so you just start saying that stuff too. Yeah, I was talking to the Lord today too, and the Holy Spirit said this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, you, get the, you get into the groove, but inside your heart, you're realizing it ain't as easy as you're talking. We can out-talk and out you know, we present ourselves a little holier than we actually are and a little more confident than we actually are. And I give you full permission. Man, I, I could list you a bunch of Martin Luther and a bunch of godly, godly men who wrote often about their dry times. Uh, and I could also take you to Abraham, Sarah. Uh, we can walk up through Moses. Uh, we can keep going further. Job, uh, keep, get Mary, Martha, Thomas, Peter. A bunch of godly folk go through these periods. So I give you full permission. It's not permission to do it. It's permission to be honest that you're doing it. If you can't talk to God honestly, I've sat right here and said, God, I'm dealing with doubt so bad. I just, I'm, I just, I'm doubting right now. I'm not doubting you can. I'm doubting you will. Is that too real for you? You felt it if you're human or you're, or you're I was about to say fibbing. We need to go. You need to go repent of your dishonesty. So anyway, you can feel distant, feeling distant from God, that dry thing. Feeling like, I think God is done with me. Some folks in the room that go, you know, back in 1979, I was called to the ministry or something, but I made this decision or that decision and, or I got into some bad sin or I spent a bunch of years in some terrible sin. I mean, the deal's off. And here's what I want you to hear. God brought you into this room to let you know, first of all, and please take this. Uh, let me just say this to Randy Harvey. 
built into the plan of God for Randy Harvey is some cushion for stupid. <laughs> There's a little give in here for Randy to be stupid. For Randy to be human and just miss it. No, oh, we got to work in the perfect will of God. Oh, I'm trying to get in the perfect will of God. Well, good luck. If you're going to do it, well, just good luck and figure out what perfect means. Go at it. You're going to wear yourself out. Look, God is not so feeble that it's like, look, I set a plan out. In 76, you, you messed it up. I don't know how to fix it. How can I get you back? You, you can have truckloads of stupid happen in your life to you and through you. Yes. And God is capable. Is this setting anybody free? This ought to be. It sets me free. <laughs> God is quite capable of taking you from wherever you've wandered and putting you back on track. And it really isn't a big, it's not like he's sweating to do it. He's God, for crying out loud. And what he tells Ezekiel, man, he's, he's sort of playing with Ezekiel because Ezekiel's down. This is the worst calamity that has ever happened to Israel. Babylon has come. They are already captives. This isn't Isaiah prophesying, this might happen. I mean, God's mad at y'all and he's gonna do this. This is Ezekiel standing in the middle of this, you know, months after Babylon has come, killed a bunch of people, taken them captive and left stragglers there in Jerusalem to fend for themselves. This is a catastrophe of catastrophes. And he's sitting out by some river, just, and God comes to speak to him and, and basically says, this is a big old mess, isn't it, Ezekiel? Biggest mess you've ever seen. You think I can do anything about this mess? And there's no way that all of Israel wasn't thinking, man, I think we've blown it for good. Here we are, captives, slaves, to another land. Ezekiel had already seen another vision. I tell you, Ezekiel really is the revival prophet, if, if you, anyway. But he had already seen another vision of the Spirit of God leaving the temple and heading out. No presence. It appears God's fed up. I've had it with you. Anybody ever feel like that? And so God, while they're standing in this moment, reminds him of another prophet, Jeremiah, who while this mess is going on, he lets them know, I know you think the deal is off. I know you think you've messed up too bad this time. Jeremiah was the prophet during the same captivity, and it's on every one of your refrigerators, and let me remind you of it. What makes it so powerful is the fact that in the biggest mess they were in where they thought, I think we've blown it too bad, God sends a word through Jeremiah it says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you. What do you mean you know? You know what? I know what God's thinking. God is thinking he's tired of us. God says, oh, sh shut that up. Don't tell me what I think. You want to know what I think? Don't put words in my mouth. I know what I think, and I'll tell you what I think. What I think, I know the thoughts I have toward you, and they are good. They are not bad. And I am not done with you. I'm here to give you a future and a hope. Those are my thoughts. Those thoughts are going to carry you. While they were in their biggest mess, somebody sitting in here today who's thinking, I think God's done with me. You need to hear loud and clear. God brought you here sovereignly to tell you, oh, I know the thoughts I have toward you. And they're not the thoughts you think I'm thinking. That's what you would do if you were in my shoes. I am gracious. I am loving. I'm powerful. If you're getting a spanking, my discipline, it's for your good. But my thoughts are to give you a future and a hope, and I will see to it. Be encouraged, gang. Man, that's, that's what it feels like to be dry, though. Those are the feelings. How do uh, you arrive in a distant, dry place? 
uh, Israel arrived in that place because of idolatry and disobedience. Idolatry and disobedience. That's just the biggies there. Sin. Uh, idolatry is uh, putting your confidence in things uh, to, to the uh, dismissal of God. It's not necessarily doing away with God. It's doing what we have done in the last 20 years. We got God and we got all these other things. We've got confidence. That, oh, we know we've got to keep him there because that keeps us all kind of a Christian nation. But we've got all these other gods of, of economics and beauty and all kinds of images that we've also built, but we're too sophisticated to call them idols because it's 2022 and we're too hip and cool for that. But God still calls them idols. And God still says, no, we're, I'm going I'm to I'm remove myself. If you want to serve politics and you want to choose for you a leader and you think he can save you or you want to uh, think your entertainment can save you or if you think that your economy is too big to fail or if you think your military is, is too big to fail, you think all of these things, you think being an American and I am a patriot, I love this country. But before I'm a citizen here, way before it, yeah. I'm a citizen of the kingdom yeah. of heaven. That's, where my, that's really where my citizenship is. And everything on this planet has to do with are you in the right or are you left? As if those are the only two choices. Hey, I got news for you. There's up and there's down, and I'm an up. Yes. I'm in neither of these. I'm in the kingdom, and you should be too. I know I'm going to get on emails on that. Vote. You know? Hope you got a hat from last night. Fantastic. Just know this. Our hope is not there. Not going to make an eye of that nonsense. We've got a king. We don't need another one. All right. <sighs> Idolatry, disobedience. Uh, number two, just stress and pressure. Busy, 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 busy. Man, we're addicted to busy. We like it. We feel guilty if we're not moving. You can't, you can't put your mind on too many other things until you're spread so thin. Walking with God does take time. And here's what he says. Look, seek first the kingdom. Prioritize me. Then see what's, what you got room for. Most of us have a life that's just running us, and then we try to fit God in somewhere just to, out of guilt. Like, you got to get a little. Right. No, 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 no. God, what do I need from you, and how much time is that going to take? That's my priority. That's the reason for going through this, and we're retraining, and you felt yourself fighting against it. Okay, i got to get 15 minutes in. Gotta give, got to give God my 15 minutes. Woo. I am so sorry to tax you with that. Uh, look, and I'm, now that was tough. That's me too. I'm so busy and I'm a pastor. I get paid to do this. And I can get so busy that I'm not spending quality time. It takes time. So just busy can wipe it out. Relational conflict, or I missed one, burnout. Just burnout. You can be so busy being a good Christian that uh, you're just running on fumes trying to, you're trying to outwork some kind of latent guilt to be a good person down deep. And all the while, you're running on the wrong fuel. And you can burn yourself out. Some of you have just been in every life group, and you're leading and serving and doing all kinds of things, and you're just flat burned out. Listen, you have permission to rest. You have permission to say, no, I can't, go. I can't help. You can't help. I mean, there's, just, there's things Pastor Randy says, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do that. And it's not to be rude. It's I got to steward me, and you got to steward you. And there's, you're the only one that can say yes and no. So feel no guilt when you have to say no. Burnout. Uh, fourth is relational conflicts. I mean, uh, tons of scripture, and we're going to actually have a series on relationship. We're calling it It's Personal, and it's coming up uh, 13th on. Myself and Christine and Pastor Reggie are putting something together. But it, it'll be to help with this because throughout the scripture, we get crossways with God when we're crossways with one another. You know, all you husbands, and this is terribly unfair, and I've been talking to him, and I, 
But he says, if you don't treat your wife right, I won't hear your prayers. No scripture in there to the women. <laughs> it's so biased. It's like, I get this. All this leadership, hey, calling you to lay your life down for your wife. That's a little unbalanced to me. But anyway, we're still talking. Uh, the point being, he says this, if, if you're crossways with a friend and you're, you have unforgiveness, don't come talk to me, go talk to them. Gang, this is real. Nothing drains the tank. Well, pastor, in church life, are there any relational conflicts? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> the Bible's filled with stuff to the church because we're still human. We still fight with each other. We're jealous. We're envious. I've got a scripture here for you. I've got to move. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to teach on this. Uh, we're going to get to this. It's very important, but I'm, I've got to move. Ooh. So, anyway, work, work your business out, but you know this will drain you. If, if me and Sister Stacy, if we're in conflict, it just, dra I, I, it just drains. Fix it. Hallelujah. Uh, living a non-disciple version of Christianity. This will drain you. What do I mean by that? The next series after the relationship, we're going to talk about being a disciple. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And here's, here's what I'm getting at. Uh, it's a group hug to an extent, but at the end of the day, are you following Jesus? Are you, is this the only time you get anything spiritual? Because it'll, it'll run you ragged. Are you vicariously living your faith through somebody else who's, who's working out their salvation? All I'm saying is you have to have your prayer life. You have to, to, to learn to go to your Bible for you. And if we were to drop you on an island right now, if, you, if we were to do the Tom Hanks thing and drop you on an island, and you had to survive between you and God, could you do it without all this? That's always been my goal. I used to pray this when I first became pastor. Lord, I wanna help people so that if they get uh, stranded on an island, no Bible, no nothing, they've got enough word in them and enough relationship with you, they could worship without the whole group, they could pray without the group, and they could get in touch with you, okay? Enough said there. Uh, let me run these. Uh, the, the, the killer Ds, uh, discouragement, depression, disillusionment, disappointment, uh, killer D's will cause you to go dry. And number seven, I don't know. All I mean by that is sometimes you're dry. Sometimes I'm dry before God, and I just say, I, just, I, don't, I don't even know why. And uh, I just don't know. So uh, however you got dry, the, the biggie here is how do I get revived? And uh, here's the deal. Uh, the scripture says, or could, thus saith the Lord, be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> I'll find the reference. It's in my Bible, but I think I wrote it in. But no, in all seriousness, man, when an opportunity's made, go get filled. We got, a, we got a major year out here in front of us, and God's got some things he wants to do through us. But in your strength, you just can't do it. Uh, get, get in the middle of people who are also seeking. Uh, you could expect me to say at this point, uh, if you're dry and if you ask a good Christian, they'll, they'll tell you this, and you'll feel worse after you talk to him. Look, you just need to read your Bible while you're just not reading your Bible enough. And uh, you need to be in a discipleship. You need accountability. You need to call your accountability for, partner. And you need to worship. Are you listening to worship or are you listening to secular music? And uh, what are you doing in the car? And are you praying? And uh, I'm not just telling you, are you praying an hour? If you don't pray an hour, it doesn't count. The Lord doesn't hear it. Da, da. You know, the, the point being, I need to, you, you, you expect, let me, let me load you down even further with more things to do. All those things are good. But here's the thing. When you're really dry, 
you look at your Bible, it's like blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's one of the things that you, that's one of the ways you know you're dry. Walk in and you hear worship on Alexa or whatever that girl's name that bosses us around in our house. Uh, Alexa, uh, not you, baby. <laughs> no, I meant Alexa. Uh, Alexa actually argues with me. I think, what, what is, what's the little Jezebel spirit in that thing? But sometimes, I, I, sometimes when I'm dry, I'll come in and I'll hear worship, and it's, it's, a, it's a turnoff. It's like, oh, I don't want to, oh, no more, no more. Anybody, can, it's like, oh, it's just, this is all just becoming sort of a fake little atmosphere, and I'm not feeling it. Um, I found another, ah, man, I've got so much to preach to you guys. Uh, okay. Uh, there, there's... There's something called, I found, it's called imposter syndrome. It's not, fellas, back in the notes, don't, it's not there. It's called imposter syndrome. It's an actual psychological condition. And it's where the genuineness in us is rubbing against the fake in us, and it's creating a depression and a discouragement. I have such a high personal value, just, it's just intuitive. I don't, that genuineness is so important and here's the deal. When you have a relationship with an invisible God whose son was perfect and you're supposed to be like him in a standard and an atmosphere, you're going to bump into just feeling fake sometimes. Just feel fake. You're not alone if, if that's you. Sometimes you just feel like you're faking it or you're fake. Don't let that beat you up. But if you live there too long, it'll send you to a dry place. All right, you got that one for free. How do you get out of this thing? How do I get revived? First of all, understand God is aware of your dry bones. You didn't come here by accident, and God didn't say, Ezekiel didn't ask the question, can these dry bones live? That wasn't Ezekiel's question. God said, look at these dry bones. Ezekiel, what do you think? Can these dry bones live? And God has come to you and to me right now and, and looking right at your dry places, and he's saying, what do you think? Can that come back to life again? God's aware. God knows. He's not mad at you. We all get dry. Receive prophetic ministry. That's number two. Do what? Receive prophetic ministry. Uh, when I was reading this morning, I underlined every time that God said to Ezekiel, prophesy, prophesy, yes. prophesy, prophesy. Pastor, that went away with the old covenant. Oh, it's way in the new covenant. Yeah. It's all over the new covenant. I'm not talking about prophesying presidents and all that craziness. I'm talking about the New Testament gift of that has to do primarily with confirming, comforting, and encouraging. Friday night, we're going to have prophetic ministry. And what that means is we're going to pray, just plain old humans are going to pray. Nothing, maybe, few things are as encouraging is having somebody by the Spirit of God lay their hands on you and begin to confirm things you were already thinking. I was already thinking that. To confirm the call on your life, to speak to the pain in your life, to encourage by his Spirit. There's hardly anything. Prophecy has changed my life. Yes. Prophecy's not some out there mystical, ooh, ooh, you gotta be some special something. Everybody in here. In fact, Paul said, I'm glad that you speak in tongues and you should desire all the gifts, but especially 
I mean, if you're just going to pick one, prophesy. Seek it earnestly. And it's not some mystical thing. It's that you can pick up the thoughts and the encouragement of God for another person and just say it. Just say it. We're going to spend some time talking about this Friday night. But I'm telling you, this will cause you to go from dry to overflowing because you realize, oh, my God, God has been looking at my heart. And when somebody speaks the thoughts of your heart, it's real. It's absolutely real. Friday night, we're coming here to give prophetic ministry. Don't miss that night. Uh, a bunch of the, lastly, and, and I will close, understand God's unstoppable reviving spirit has been dispatched on your behalf. <laughs> Inhale that. This isn't some wimpy little something. The very power of God has been dispatched. And if you've received Jesus Christ as Savior, you've received, the Bible says, a deposit, the Holy Spirit as a deposit. Now, it's, it's not, it's partial. He's not partial, but the effect it can have on you because we all have this nasty flesh, we're going to do the best we can with it. But the full, Paul said this, when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. You need to know the power of God, the train has left the station with regard to this power and the rejuvenating power of God. Let me put it to you this way. Everything about God revives. If he, were to, if, if he got too close to us, all of us would just get younger. You know what? He made our blood. He made your blood. You know that? And it represents him. Because you know what your blood's doing? It's constantly renewing everything in your body. It's renewing everything. New cells, uh, you know, new, new cells, new skin. Everything's being renewed by the blood. And I believe before the curse, before the curse, I believe that we would have lived forever. Man, that blood would have just kept, I mean, God built it to go that way. The curse came and our blood got infected, but know this, Jesus didn't have the blood of a human. Jesus had the blood of God and he poured it out so that it could benefit us. And he said this, I've come to give you eternal life. I'm pouring my blood out for that. The cross represents his payment for our sin and the, the tomb represents this power, this man, when, when Ezekiel prophesied, the power and the spirit of the living God came into these bodies as he saw them. And that's what happened. The scripture says this, the same spirit, absolute exact same spirit that went into the cave in Jerusalem and took Jesus' dead body. Remember what I told you, everything it touches, it revives. It brings it back to life. Everything. It raised his dead body from the grave, and then Jesus breathed his spirit. And what? On the day of Pentecost, what was the sound that they heard? There wasn't a wind blowing the curtains. There was a sound of a wind seeking whom he may enliven. It's in this room now. Everything God touches, it comes back to life. Once Ezekiel set those words in place, the train left the station. And I say that because here's what the prophecy was. You tell Israel, I'm going to bring them back together, their scattered bones. And I will take them, I love these words, straight back to their land. 
Yes, when Nehemiah came back from, Babel, from Babylon, Persia, put them back together, that was the first time. But this prophecy is still alive and on the loose. And in 70 AD, all of Israel, the land of Israel and the Jews, scattered, killed, or driven out, the dysphoria, the dispersion of them. And from 70 AD till 1948, Israel wasn't even a state. It was under other powers. Their, the, the, the Hebrew language went away, died. Jews were spread all over the nation. Here, there, J J uh, Russian Jews, Ethiopian Jews, all over the planet, any place but Israel. And yet, for 2,000 years, you can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. The Turks tried to stop it. Not good for them. Britain tried to stop it. Not good for them. Palestinians tried to stop it. Rome tried to stop it. These, right now, unsaved Jews, but it didn't have to do with them having received Jesus yet. It had to do with there was a power of God that had been released 2,500 years ago when God said, you prophesy, and the wind is going to bring those scattered bones. And guess what's been happening? 1948, Ben-Gurion said, this land is so bad and so tough. Nine out of every 10 Jews that come here, they leave because it's so desolate and it's so dry and there's so much malaria. But over time, again, Man, I'm telling you, it's a train that has left the station. It's the power of God. And you've watched that revival before your own eyes and not even known. That's the power of God. That Israel went from 400,000 to a million and a half, went through a six-day war where they just put a, a whooping on everybody because every one of the nations around Israel in 66 tried to put them away. They were so outgunned and so outnumbered. In six days, that's so Jewish, by the way. In six days... They took power of the air and defeated all those enemies. Why? Because they're so smart. There's a word and a power. It's as big as that is. It's the same power that Revelations talks about. Revelation 21 says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And gang, the train has left the station. You can't stop it. You can't, if you don't get with that power, if you are, don't have a deposit of that spirit, it's going to run over you. A day is coming when everything cursed that has not yielded to God, every tree, every animal, every person, if you are not yielded to God, if the curse is still there, God, the Bible says there's a day like the day of Noah where he's going to say, you know what? Their hearts will never turn. I'm going to release a power. The power for those saved, it's going to be the, t the, the power that lifts them up like it did Noah. The power, though, of my wrath is going to be released. It's called the wrath of the lamb in Revelation. The wrath of the lamb. What does that mean? To have the audacity to reject the lamb of God who laid down his life for us. There is a wrath for that to have rejected. It's be about our sins. Yes, it'll be about your sin. It'll be about this one big sin. Your sin was paid for by the blood of God and you rejected it. There is no hell hot enough nor eternity long enough to pay for that. And that wrath is going to be released and it's the power of God. And hear me again, just like the train left the station and couldn't stop Israel from becoming a nation. That same train has left the station. The word's been spoken. The date has been set, and the power of God is moving that direction. And what it means for you and me to be born again, it means there's a spirit inside of you, the exact same spirit that'll change the, the old heaven into a new heaven and the old earth into a new earth, the same power that caused a nation that should have been destroyed and never got back together. And they are thriving. Israel is thriving. 
I'm telling you, America's future is not by us protecting Israel. Right now, Israel's protecting us. If we ever turn our back on them, woe the day to this nation. If we ever turn our back, that is right now our hope. God will keep his promises to those who bless Israel. God help us if we ever know. Gang, I want you to hear this. That reviving power, it's not as simple as seven nights of revival and we're just gonna have some preaching. And it's not just you being born again and being born again is very important. It's you plugging into a current that's already set. It's already going. Victory's already declared. It's headed that way. And the spirit that's in us, it's the same spirit that's making all of this happen. And it can't help but revive. Everything Jesus walked by, he reversed the curse. Death, boom, oh, they jumped out of the bed. Lazarus, come forth. If he hadn't said Lazarus, every goldfish, every cat and dog would have jumped out of the grave. Uh, every sickness, he reversed it. That's power. Yes. It's, not, it's not hope. It's not wishy. It's not dreamy. It's real. And that same spirit is in you and it's in me. That spirit has the power to revive and, and, and rewater everything dead in you and me. And that's what we're coming for Wednesday night. That's what's happening in this room right now. Stand to your feet. Prayer teams to the front. Lord, we prophesy, you have set the church as the Ezekiel. We prophesy to the four winds, the spirit of the living God is upon us. He has anointed us. We prophesy the word of God. He's anointed us to preach the gospel. The gospel is the power of God against, the power of God, the unstoppable train that's left the station, the power of God. Not another story, not an emotional Argument. It's the power of God unto salvation. The spirit of the living God is upon us to open prison doors, to open blind eyes, deaf ears, set at liberty those who are captive. I prophesy, let the spirit of God, let it circle this building, let it circle these lives. Let the, the wind of God the sound of that wind, the power of it. Lord, awaken it back again in us. God, sobriety in this room. Humility before the power of God. Lord, whatever's necessary so that we can intake. Lord, you've made us thirsty. We're dry, Lord. We've come and we admit we've come as far as we can come. Change whatever needs to change. Here is where we lay it down. This is where we lay it down. This is our surrender. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. We lift up this moment. We lift up the coming days. Lord, your presence is here. Praise God. If you're here and you've never received Jesus at this point, just where you stand right there, just, just put your hands before God and say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Just save me. Save me now. Fill me with your spirit. If you're here in, in here and saying, I, I'm saved, but Lord, re revive the joy of my salvation. Ignite that place. Lord, your deposit of your spirit, that reviving power. I'm not holding it. It's got me. I surrender, Holy Spirit, to your authority and your power. Oh, Holy Spirit, wind of the Spirit, blow. 
The wind of the Spirit is blowing fresh. Thank you, God. Ezekiel, you tell those bones, listen. Listen for the word of God. Lord, I speak to the bones in here. Listen. Turn your ear and your attention. Be listening. Anticipate. God speaking. Listen for God to speak. Lord, I speak for spiritual ears to be opened. Spiritual eyes healed of blindness. All that you want to do in us, fill us. Fill us with your power and your presence. Lord, we can't wait to get back here Wednesday night. Lord, we we treat this as holy ground. We treat these meetings as holy time that you have assigned to us to come and meet with you. Lord, we're coming to the mountain of the Lord. This is holy, Lord. I speak it over this building. This is holy ground. This place, this gathering is holy unto the Lord. And Lord, we don't come to tell you what to do or direct anything. We've come and await our instruction, await your move. You are God. You are God. You are God. Hallelujah. 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 The wind of the Spirit is blowing. It's just blowing. Thank you, God. Blow in and out every room in this temple, God, my personal life. Every, look in every room. Open every closet, look under every rug, get in every drawer. Clean this temple out. I speak that over every life and every person in this room. Let the waters, Jesus, that you spoke of. Jesus, you said, you said, I'll give you water. God, you said, everyone who thirsts, if you're thirsty, everyone who thirsts, come, I will fill you. God, we hold our lives, we call heaven and earth to account to your promise. It can't not happen. You said. Fill us now, God. Refresh us with that water. Lord, fill us with as much of the Spirit of God that we can take and live. I pray that over this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You'd like personal prayer of any kind. The altars are open. If you just want to sit in your seat and just kind of listen, you certainly, you certainly may. If you need to go get your kids or whatever, we're going to dismiss, but it, it, it only gets stronger from here. So don't, let's please don't miss these night services, all right? Look, y'all have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.